Welcome to another episode of the Gay Barchive Show, where we explore gay history one bar at a time. I'm your host, Art Smith, and today our special guest is Richard Ramey, the owner of the legendary Atlanta Eagle. So welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You're quite welcome. How could I leave out a legendary bar like the Atlanta Eagle? I mean... Come on, that's a big piece of history in Atlanta. It is. It's. It's. Um, I'm so grateful that I have been a part of it for the last 35 years. So, um, of course, the first 10 years I was just a customer, but the last 25, it's been my little baby to take care of. Now, for a lot of people out there, I hear these questions all the time. I've had people make comments to me about, Wow, the guy that owns all the eagles in the world must be really rich. There is no guy that owns all the eagles. The eagles are all independent bars that are operated by people like yourself who embrace the concept and the lifestyle that the original eagle uh, kind of put out there in 1970. So Atlanta Eagle is a totally locally owned bar, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. Now, the original Eagle, it has kind of an interesting story. Um, the actual location in, uh, in New York City was known as the um, Eagle Open Kitchen, I believe is what it was. And it was a longshoreman's uh, bar and restaurant for 40 years, I think, from 1931 to like 1970. And after the Stonewall riot, the the property was sold, the new operator came in and decided to rename it the Eagle's Nest, which was the original name of the very first eagle in the world. Um, and then a couple of years later, they just kind of rebranded as the Eagle and it continued to operate until I believe 2000. And then of course, it's, it's resurrected now. There's a, a new bar called the Eagle NYC. But um, over the years, there have been eagles in cities all across the world. I think at one time there were as many as 50 of them. And probably today there's still a couple dozen hanging around. The Atlanta Eagle, um, from the reports I've read, it's a little bit confusing. I think the Atlanta Journal quoted your opening uh, as 1985, but it was actually 87, right? That is correct. Yeah, it was. It opened in 1987. Um and has been open, you know, has been part of Atlanta for 35 years with a two-year hiatus during COVID. But um, the location where the Eagle is, was on Ponce de Leon, we'll get to the new location later, is before it was the Eagle, the owner of the Eagle that opened the Eagle, Jay Evans, he had opened a country western bar there called Renegades. And that was there for one year. And then before that, another owner, not Jay Evans, had the Celebrity Room, and that's where RuPaul got his start. Right. We actually, are in. We actually have the one of the uh, a cage that RuPaul used to dance in. So if you're ever at the Eagle and see the big cage, it's and wonder why it's so tall. Well, it's because it's the one RuPaul used to dance in, and she's she's a tall girl. So uh, <laughs> then after just one year of not succeeding as the Country Western Bar, Jay. Uh, basically told me one time he closed it down, painted everything black, and opened the Atlanta Eagle. So, um, and that's how the Eagle got its start. Yeah, and it stayed at that same location until 2020, I believe, wasn't it? Correct. It was at the same location for 33 years. It was um, it was a really hard hard night. The night, that, well, the whole decision of closing for COVID and moving and. All of it was is, was some really um, tough times in, in my career as, as being a um, business owner. But I, I do feel that I made all the right decisions due to COVID. And I just, you know, the two years that we closed, I just, I could not personally figure a way to operate a dance club, a gay bar with everything going on. And I, and I, just, I had to, I had to let it go. I mean, I, I was, you know, because it was driving me crazy. Well, I know you and I had numerous conversations over that two-year period, and you have always insisted uh, since the day you had to close for COVID that the Eagle was not dead, that the Eagle was coming back. It was going to be in another location, and it would be better 
and bigger than it was before. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, they're just saying that it's just a lot of talk. It's not going to happen. But um, there were so many people online that were so passionate about that club. I mean, people that are not members of the kind of Levi leather community and are not familiar with Eagles in general, I don't think realize the amount of friendship and camaraderie that those places evoke. It's not like a regular gay bar where people come and go and they don't really have any feelings about it. The Eagle community is very passionate about their bars. Very, very passionate. And we're not, it, that's why uh, in many interviews and people that has known me for years, I, I refer to my Eagle as my Eagle family. And that's exactly what we are. We take care of one another. I mean, other bar owners come in. I mean, when, I mean, seriously, I mean, when something's wrong or someone's doing something that they're not supposed to, or someone needs help. I mean, our, my customers are, I mean, most of the time people think some of my customers work there. And it's not that they work there, but that's their home. That's their home away from home. And wow. and they'll take care of you, whether good or bad. Now, if you do something naughty, you ain't supposed to be. Like if you're in my bar trying to sell drugs or doing something you're not supposed to be, I, they'll come and get me. And they'll protect their space. They're very protective of their Atlanta Eagle. And that's what I have loved about it for so long. That's what I loved about it as a customer. I was the same way even as a customer for 10 years. Because, you know, I was, a lot of people, you know, wonder how I got started. But, you know, I was the president of Southern Bears. And we got our start there at the Atlanta Eagle. I was one of the founding members. And when they got ready to close, um, the, the year I bought it in 1997, Jay Evans had passed away with AIDS and his family uh, was basically, you know, settling his estate. Well, they really never understood the concept of the Eagle. And so they just was more interested in selling the property. So they basically sold the property and were going to just close the bar and bankrupt it. And when I found out about that, it was a Saturday night. It was the second Saturday of the month when we have our bar nights at the Eagle. And I went upstairs and the manager told me it was our last Saturday night. And told me the story and I said, wait a minute. I said, you know, you can't close our bar. I mean, <laughs> you just can't do it. And so that was a Saturday night. The following Thursday, I was the new owner. So that's how quick it went down. <laughs> wow. That is pretty amazing. So, now, one thing I want to make clear to people who are not as familiar with the Eagle concept is that, you know, they have a, the Eagles in general in their early days had a, a very strong reputation of being Levi leather uh, macho men's bars. That's kind of the way they were designed to begin with. Um, that formula has modified and changed over the years. Um, I think, if, am I correct in saying that originally uh, in the 70s and, and uh, early 80s, most Eagles did not have dance floors, that they were not a dance bar, they were a you know men's bar. They were a men's bar. They didn't have a dance floor, and then most of them either didn't allow or were not kind to women and even up until 1997 when I bought the Atlanta Eagle I mean that was you know I was you know I had the first I don't know I'd love to know the history and you're good at finding this out I think I may have had the first Miss Atlanta Eagle I mean that was the first thing I did is make sure women felt welcomed at the Atlanta Eagle um, and um, I forget what year my Miss Eagle came along but um, you know um, I was very adamant that we were going to be a you know I, I would refer to it, and I still to to this day, as an everybody bar. I wanted everyone to feel welcome. And one thing that people don't know about the leather community and the bear community and just the community in general, we we welcome people with open arms. But, you know, we also, that's our, our home and space. So when we need it for events or, you know, if there needs to be, you know, if, if, if a leather club wants to do demonstrations, everybody that comes has to respect their space. And, and and they do. And that's what makes the Eagle so special is that, you know, we're open to everyone. But when the time is, is there and they need their space for either demos or events or whatever, you know, they have it. And that's what makes the Eagle so special is that everyone is welcome. Everyone. Absolutely. And ever since the beginning, ever since like 1970 in New York City, uh, the Eagle bars have always had a very strong history of supporting LGBT causes, doing fundraisers and events for the community. Um, and that continues to this day. I mean, you are a big advocate 
of LGBT causes and do a lot of events at your bars over time to raise money for you know various uh, causes and needs. Definitely. Now, you know, I don't take credit for that. What I'll take credit for is giving our community a space to do that. I mean, it is in, you know, of course the Eagle itself has given back hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, match, match things and just given to the community. That's, you know, that's what I feel the Eagle is all about. But, you know, we, we've given that that space for for clubs and organizations to come in and do their fundraising you know there's never a fee to use the eagle and you know to come in and raise your raise money for charities or make people aware of your certain club that you belong to so it's 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 really a, a good feeling to to have a space that you can share with the community like we do now how big was the original eagle building the one that you were in for 23 years as an owner as an owner, um, you know, it was there 33 years, but for 23 years, you know, it was approximately 10,000 square feet, but some of the space was not open to the public. The upstairs area, which, you know, all types of rumors through the years, you know, what it was and everything is, um, it, it's kind of funny to, to listen to people describe what's upstairs, but it was, you know, I hate to spoil everybody's fantasies, but what was up there, there was no slings or dungeons or anything. It was just a little apartment for, at one time it was for me when I first bought it, so I could stay there and, and you know, get the bar going. And then uh, over the years, it basically became a manager's apartment to where my manager would live or stay overnight. And um, then the office is upstairs. So some of the areas was, you know, off limits. And then you have the downstairs that was, you know, for the, oh, we always had a leather shop at the Eagle. Um, our current leather shop is Barking Leathers and um, um, they, um, so anyway, so I would say the total square footage for, for the public was probably around 7,500 to 8,000. That's a pretty good size bar. I mean, that's, that's not a little tiny hole in the wall dive kind of place. That was a, a big place. It was a big place and um, they sure could, um, come and enjoy it and and um you know all the big events they could pack it out including the parking lot so um, absolutely i know i was there several times when it was just so busy you couldn't believe it it's just amazing how many people show up and continue to show up week after week and month after month to the same bar uh, but that's part of the charm of the eagles is that they have a a pretty loyal and specific crowd that want to be able to feel comfortable and accepted and unfortunately, at that time, if they were to walk into a different type of bar, either a disco or, you know, a neighborhood bar in their leather gear um, and motorcycle outfits and things, people would look at them like they weren't they were from another planet. It wasn't as integrated as, you know, as it's kind of become to, today. It has, you know, and there was you know, there's been talk through the years about. You know, would there ever not be a need for gay bars? But you know, I, I feel like when it when it comes to the Atlanta Eagle and to the Eagles in general, you know, we're a little bit more than just a gay bar. You know, they, you know, we're definitely a niche bar that where you can come in your gear or, or your, you know, the we have our great puppy community now. And I mean, you couldn't just walk into a regular bar with your puppy mask on. People would look at you, and you know. The people that, that dress, the people that want to come out in their leather or their gear or their puppy mask or whatever they decide to come out in, they want to come out and, and enjoy their evening and have feel safe. And that's what I've always said. It's a safe place for everyone to come and enjoy and not have to feel like you're being, you know, stared at or looked at or talked about. And that's one of the things that I think makes the Eagles around the country very special. Absolutely. I had this conversation with another gentleman I interviewed a couple of days ago. And, you know, people have said to me numerous times, well, gay bars are on their way out. We're not going to need them anymore. We don't have, you know, you can go to TGI Fridays with your boyfriend and have a drink. And while that may be true, the point that I made in response was, you know, when I came out, I explored different types of gay bars to find out where in the community I felt like I belonged. And to experience the, the different niches and, and specialties of the gay community so I could find out where I felt most comfortable. You're not going to do that at TGI Fridays. You have to go to bars 
that are different types of gay bars. The ones that are a little bit more flamboyant drag bars and the ones that are Levi leather and the ones that are country Western and whatever, so that you can kind of, you know, find your way and figure out who you are and where you fit in. And the Eagles have done a great job with that. Well, I, I totally agree. And I, and I agree with that. And, you know, that's why, you know, at the new location, I'm trying really hard. I mean, I'm, I took it to the next level when it comes to being an everybody bar. I'm, you know, one of the first, you know, I always say I don't really know about the history of, of Dragon and Eagles. I do know that um, now, you know, on Friday and Saturday nights early, because, you know, Atlanta Eagle has always been known for its dance floor. And I'm, I'm very, I love our dance floor. I love our DJ community here in Atlanta. So, um, you know, one of the things that I was looking for at our new location was to make sure we could have a dance floor. But before then, you know, at our new location, our hours are a lot longer. So we we I brought drag in to the Eagle for the first time. And um, it starts at 9 o'clock at night. It's over by 11 so the dance floor can open. And it's very successful. The community loves it. I mean, I think it's going great. And I, I just absolutely love the shows. I think they're very entertaining. And I think it... Um, you know, they're part, they've always been part of our community. They've always been, been welcomed at the Atlanta Eagle. We just really, at our old location, really didn't have a place to put a show on. So I guess that's probably one of the reasons I never had drag at the old Eagle, the old location. Right, and I've been to the new Eagle. I was there opening weekend, and it was amazing. But before we get into that too much, there's one topic that I do want to bring up and talk about a little bit, because I've heard so many different stories about what happened and what the implications were and everything else. Uh, about halfway into your ownership of the Eagle, about 12 years after you bought it, uh, there was kind of a, a life-changing event that happened at the Atlanta Eagle that to this day is uh, in the history books. There's a whole Wikipedia page on it. There's tons of articles online. There's probably going to be a, a documentary movie or something about it. but. The Eagle was raided in September of 2009. From what I've read, the police, over a period of several years, gave excuses that they were there on a, on a, a tip about a drug bust. They suspected somebody might have uh, concealed weapons in there because one of the undercover officers managed to walk in with, uh, with a weapon and not be detected that they were, uh, you were operating an adult entertainment facility without a proper license, that the patrons were in their underwear, having cocktails, all kinds of different excuses. Um, how did that impact your ownership at the, at the Atlanta Eagle at that time? Well, you know, Art, it, it didn't just impact my ownership, it impacted me as a person. I mean, there is... Um, I could talk hours and days about that night. It was a Thursday night. I'd already gone to bed with my Tylenol PM that night. <laughs> it was, I was a little sleepy. Um, and um, I get a phone call. And basically, you know, I can't even remember who called. They just said, there's like 20 police cars at your bar. So I jump up out of bed. And it, it, it was probably about a... Um, a 15 minute, 20 minute drive for me. And I got there and, oh my goodness. I mean, paddy wagons, police. I mean, I never seen such a, a, a show of force in my life. I didn't know what had happened. So luckily I was smart and I don't know what guided me to do this, but I stayed away. I stayed across the street at the Krispy Kreme and just watched everything until everything was unfolded. And one of the last things that I saw now, grant you, I didn't know what was going on. Um, one of the last things I saw was all eight of my employees being brought out of the bar in handcuffs and put in a paddy wagon. And um, it was tough. I mean, because I, I, to this day, it's hard for me to talk about because it was really tough for them. I mean, it was, you know, I lost several employees that night because they couldn't come back. I mean, they just couldn't. It was so, it was that dramatic. And it was dramatic on me, and I, and I wasn't the one being locked up, you know. So you can just imagine. So the reason I said I was lucky that I did the right thing, because they basically, when they left, I mean, they didn't secure the bar or anything. They just left. 
And if I had not been there, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, I don't know. So I, 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 I went in and I secured the bar and, you know, at this point it was probably, you know, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning, maybe a lot later. And so it was just a night that, I mean, I just won't ever forget. And so as I talk to you about this and I get emotional about it, you can imagine, you know, what my eight employees and 60 plus customers inside was going through and the, you know, and I don't tell this story often, but I will tell you that because it is part of history and it's part, it's very, it's a very important part of history is that I wanted it to disappear in the beginning. I didn't want to get involved. I just wanted it to go away because I mean, I thought we was going to lose the Eagle. I just, I had all these things and we had a couple of meetings. I had an attorney by the name of Dan Grossman come and approach me and said he really wanted to represent the Eagle that, you know, so many things had gone wrong that night and, you know, in the, in the, the people's civil rights, everything. I mean, he tried to explain it to me, but no one got to me until the Southern Center for Human Rights come and spoke to me. And I'll never forget, it was this little Asian girl, uh, lady, I'm sorry, and I, I can't remember her name, but she, she looked at me in the eye and she said, Richard, she said, what happened in your facility is exactly what happens in the African American, American community here in Atlanta every single day. And she says, I, we really feel like that maybe y'all may can make a difference. And that's all it took. And the next thing that was happened on a Thursday, that meeting was Friday or Saturday. And then by Sunday, I had about 1,200 people in my back parking lot marching on City Hall. And the rest is all history. But um, it was it, it was very important. And, and, and I can assure you, not one of these people, plaintiffs in this suit against Atlanta, not one person asked for money. Not one. We wanted to make change, and I feel like we did. To this day, to this day, the city of Atlanta Police Department is better off because of what we did. Instead of us hiding and going, going back in the closet and not doing anything, they are better off that we fought and made sure there was change in the city of Atlanta. And I'm very proud of my guys for doing that. Absolutely. And you should be. Um, over a course of, of a couple of years, there were numerous lawsuits um, against the city of Atlanta and the police department and individual officers uh, that were filed by all kinds of people. Um, I think there were uh, maybe the ACLU or a few of the um, nonprofit organizations that came in and, and got involved in the lawsuits. But overall, there was almost a million and a half dollars that was awarded from the multiple lawsuits. I don't know where that money went. It's it's not really specific about where it ended up. Oftentimes, I don't mind sharing that. I think it's important. Um, uh, you know, it was it's very important for people to know what happened with when the money when the money came is is you know is is part of the just very very little part of the story you know just so people know that you know we 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 got you know body cameras put on police officers we got sensitivity training every two years for every police officer that works for the city of atlanta to this day i just met the officer who did the video for training recently at my new location he came by to congratulate me i had um we had um um one of the biggest things, the biggest things, we had the Red Dog unit disbanded. They were no longer. That was the biggest thing. They'd already killed an eight, 91-year-old woman in her house. They went to the wrong house, Miss Johnson, if you read that story. And they were at the wrong house, busted in her house like they did the Eagle. She thought she was being robbed and had a gun, and they killed her. So, and she was 91 years old in her own home. The same thing happened at the Eagle. Everybody thought we were being robbed in the beginning. We, they didn't know. I mean, they just didn't know. So all the changes that we that we enforced for the city of Atlanta Police Department made them a better, better, um, better force. And to, today, I'm so happy to say that my I felt like he was my liaison. He was I think he was just a sergeant back then. Um, his name is Darwin, and and I I'm so sorry I cannot pronounce his last name. Shoot, um, but anyway, he is the new chief of police here in the city of Atlanta. 
he's openly gay. Um, he has a fiance about to get married, and I'm so happy to see him as our chief of police. And um, I know him by his first name because I can't pronounce his last name. So if he sees this video, don't be mad at me. But um, you can look up our new chief of police. Um, um, I want to say Sugar Bomb, but anyway, I'll, I've always called him Darwin. It's D A R W A M. But anyway, um, he is one of the first openly gay male chief of police in the country. I know we might have one or two, but and there's been females, but I mean, to have him as our chief of police literally at the same month the new Atlanta Eagle opens at the new location, and he basically helped me so much through that. They Y'all just don't know how much he helped me during that raid. And so to see all this come together in, you know, 2022, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I absolutely understand. And that just is another story that goes to show how important the gay bar scene was and still is in our community. I mean, those kind of changes in the police force, which not only affect the bars, but they affect the rights of every single gay person in the entire Atlanta area. No, every so, single person. Well, every, every person, right. In the entire area, those would never have happened. Those changes would not have come about had it not been for A, the unwarranted raid on the Eagle, and B, the strength and conviction of the people involved to fight back. And well, it's amazing. It's a part of Atlanta history that will never go away. The Eagle has made a permanent impact on the gay community and the entire community of Atlanta. Well, I truly feel that. And, I, you know, and when, you know, every year for Pride, you know, I always wonder, well, I don't wonder. Every year at Pride, the media always wants to interview me, which I'm proud, I'm more than happy to do an interview. But, and it's because this was, this is part of history. And the, the changes that happened because of it was very important to everyone's civil rights in the city of Atlanta, whether you're a visitor, if you live here, whatever. I mean, you know, I did stories in Australia, London, XM Radio. I did interviews all over the world when this happened. You know, wanting to know, is it is it safe for gay people to come to Atlanta? You know, and so the impact it's had through the years is, is probably more than I realize. But it is, um, like I said, it's really hard sometimes for me to talk about it. And But it so needs to be talked about. It should never be forgotten, just as Stonewall. Not, I'm, I'm not saying this was as big as Stonewall by no means. But, I mean, it, it's things like this that happen in our communities that needs to people need to remember and and keep alive and make sure that the people that are our gay family that's coming after us are protected and you know always has you know have their rights not being violated absolutely and the fact that this happened 40 years after stonewall i know that was the crazy not a couple of days not a couple of months but 40 years after stonewall is another piece of evidence showing why we need our gay bars and our gay community to get together because 40 years after Stonewall, we should have been living in paradise and you know not having any issues with the general public. And that obviously was not at all the case. That sure wasn't. And now, you know, we're we're I mean, unfortunately right now we have a whole lot more to worry about with in our political world. And I mean we, you know, we've come so far and I hope to God we don't go back. So we've, we've come a long way. And, you know, it's so funny, you know, you talk, we talk about gay history. I think you and I are probably somewhere in the same age group. And, you know, I remember when I was 18 coming out, you know, I was literally 18 years old going to Charlie Brown's drag show. And now Charlie's working for me. So it's, it's <laughs> for everybody if you want to know. So, and I'm so honored that she's there. I was, I was thinking of wanting to do an early show and I thought well I want people my age to be able to come out and see the show and then go home and go to bed so everybody can stay up and dance till three in the morning because you know when you get 60 sometimes you don't feel like doing that and so to have her um, heading our show on Saturday nights is a big honor but but to to uh, th what I'm getting at is I look back at you know people that fought for us for us to get where we are today and that's why it's so important for me to fight for for the ones that's coming after me because i mean it's it's so important for us to to make sure that we 
leave a safe place for our for our gay brothers and sisters that are younger. You know, and and some of the young young ones are coming into the eagle now. And you know, even back then, would people would tell us, "Oh, you have no idea what we went through to get you here." And I feel the same way now. It's almost sixty years old. You know, I said, "I'm you know, I've been, I was at the first march on Washington. What was it, nineteen ninety two? I think something like that." The big one, I think that was 92. And um, so, I mean, to have fought for the last, you know, 40 years of my life to to make sure that, you know, we are protected, it's just, it's, it's, it's something that we all need to do and all be aware of. Absolutely. Now, you, for all those naysayers out there that said the eagle was dead and it's gone forever and we'll never see it again and blah, 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 you proved everybody wrong on Atlanta Pride Weekend 2022. You've been posting for a couple of weeks that you were targeting to be open by that date and there was so much work to do. The location was uh, formerly Burkhart's for quite some time. And then over the last several years, it was the Midtown Moon. In an unlikely space for what we would typically expect from an eagle. Typically from you know, what I've seen, the Eagles are in maybe a little grittier industrial part of town, excluded, not necessarily next door to other gay bars. You are in the epicenter of Atlanta's gay retail and bar district. I mean, in the same plaza where you are, there are three other gay bars. I know. <laughs> but yet you... You, you know, went forward, you took the space over in a couple of weeks, you transformed it substantially. And of course, that's an ongoing effort. But what was your first thought when when someone suggested to you, hey, you know, Burkhart's might be a good place for you? Well, no one suggested it. I picked it out. I wanted that space. Um, there's a lot of history, a lot of a lot of background to me getting that space. So I'm going to kind of go through it kind of quickly and, and not bore people with it. But back in December of last year, um, it was brought to my attention that, that Midtown Moon would probably be moving out, either whether they wanted to or by force. Um, they were they had gotten behind on their rent. And as, as business owners know, I mean, you got to pay your rent. And, you know, that's just part of it. I'm not going to get into their business because it's, you know, their business, I don't need to be telling their business, but I'm just trying to give you a, of how I got to where we are at 1492 Piedmont. So I love that place. I had this vision that, that this would be the best eagle in the country. So uh, the owner of the, of Ansley Square, if anybody in Atlanta, Ansley Square is right there. His name is Ken and his family bought it 50 years ago. He and I had been working on, on a new lease and um, unfortunately he was you know gonna have to evict Midtown Moon so I was very quietly waiting to see what happened well to make a long story short an investment company by the name of HV Entertainment came in and kind of saved the day for Midtown Moon well they um, went in and they saved Midtown Moon by whatever means I don't know I don't know all the details but several months into their into their journey, they realized that they needed to rebrand uh, this location. That 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 it. I don't know what their reasoning was, but they wanted to close Midtown Moon. So I was actually on vacation in Florida, and I get this phone call um, from a gentleman by the name of Jay, and he said to me, he said, you know. I'm such and such with HV Entertainment. We're very interested in talking to you about the Atlanta Eagle. And I said, well, I said, you know, I'm in the process of looking for a location. He said, well, we've been in Atlanta since December. And all we've heard is Richard this and Richard that and Atlanta Eagle. And he says, we've got to meet this Richard. So I said, well, I'll be home. He said, oh, no, we want to meet you now. So they flew down to Florida while I was on vacation. <laughs> we had a three-day meeting um, with um, Jay and Arthur, the owners of HV Entertainment. And um, we found a way we could partner, go in as partners, and open the Atlanta Eagle at our new location. So here we are today. Presently, I'm still the owner. 
I partnered with um, HV Entertainment, and I'm going to tell the community why I did this. I've talked a little bit about it, but the most important reason I was looking for a partner, we've been talking about my age a little bit during this interview, so as I'm getting close to 60 in about a year, I definitely wanted the Atlanta Eagle to be part of Atlanta, you know, forever. And so we were able to secure a 15-year lease at this location. We were able to um, come up with a plan to where when it is time for me to step down, that's, you know, not all, I just step down. I'm never going to step away. I'll always be part of the Atlanta Eagle. And um, I'll always have uh, some stake into the Atlanta Eagle. I'll never walk away, y'all. I'm sure my funeral will be at the location, wherever it is when I go. So, um, as it has been my baby. So, we partnered. Um, people ask me five weeks in, am I, did I make the right decision? I have made the best decision, not only for myself, but for the community and for the Atlanta Eagle family. I have secure, secured you a someone that's going to carry this legendary bar owned forever and ever and i'm so happy with my partnership i'm so happy with you know my i've got full control of the atlanta eagle um i just got my you know new business cards richard ramey owner i mean everybody's asking do you own it what do you do i'm currently the owner of the atlanta eagle they have the lease i have the they have the lease and i have the bar and eventually as i get ready to go into my retirement years I've secured Atlanta Eagle a home for many, many years ahead, and I'm very, very happy with that. I'm so happy with it. I, it's, it, it's hard to believe. So um, I got a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, anybody that's visited the Atlanta Eagle in the last five weeks can can see that we're still under construction, and we still got a lot to do before I give you all my completed product. And that's going to be the grand opening. Now we're open Pride Weekend. But I'm not doing my grand opening until I get all my until my vision is complete. Well, I can tell you that I was there on opening night. I was in Atlanta for Atlanta Pride. I made a point to be at the Eagle on opening night, which you had slightly modified the hours. I think the original post said you were going to try to open at noon, and then it moved to five, and I think ultimately eight o'clock was the opening time. But no matter what, a few hours here or there, I can tell you when I first showed up there, the line for anybody who's familiar with that plaza went out the old main doors from, um, you know, what used to be the main doors to Burkhart's or Midtown Moon, back past Mix and all the way to the sidewalk um, with like three or four people wide waiting to get in. And that continued until like midnight. I mean, it was constantly a ton of people waiting to get in. And not only did you have the space inside the bar, but you had the foresight to fence off a big portion of the parking lot. You had a, a container bar from Absolute sitting out in the parking lot. You had a food truck out there. You had tables and chairs. And tons of people. I mean, you could not have had more people in or at that bar that night. And the fact that they were willing to wait in line all the way out to the street to get into your bar must have just been a heartwarming experience. Oh, <clears throat> well, sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to be a crybaby today. But <laughs> well, I, you know, I, people just got. The people who know me, they know how passionate I am about the Eagle. So, as you're saying, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that night. I, I sat there, and I'm, I'm sure these people have already got tired of looking at me, but I literally stood at my door and hugged every person that walked in the door. I think it was up to around 3,000 people. So, it was really a, a time that, I mean, I'll never be able to... I'll never be able to relive that night. It was so in incredible. So um, it was um, it was a beautiful night, and you know, and so many, um, like you said, there was just so many people, and I could not. Um, I mean, I just couldn't. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I knew everybody wanted to 
wanted it back. And I did promise. And I did I, there for a long time. If you followed me on social media, I would go back and I would respond to these people that kept telling me I wasn't going to reopen. And I, my response would be, why would you say that? I just said I was going to reopen. Why would you tell me I'm a liar? And eventually, my husband, Fernando, he finally says, you're going to have to get off social media. He said, this is driving you crazy. But I was so mad at people for telling me I wasn't going to do it. And I was so adamant that I was. I, I mean, I, I just you know, wasn't going to take no for an answer. So anyway, it was an incredible, not only an incredible night. I don't know if you came back Saturday and Sunday. But it was the whole weekend was just so incredible. And, um, and the community... You know, I'm so thankful for them. There was people from all over the country, all over the world visiting Atlanta that weekend. And for them to come and check out the new Atlanta Eagle and see what was going on and see our new construction and, and just just see what was happening, it means something. And, you know, Art, it's a huge, huge, huge thing for me to be a part of a neighborhood. I call it the neighborhood. I'm so thankful to be part of a community. You know, the the old location was beautiful and I'll never ever forget it, but but you know, we we were by ourselves in a way. You know, it was just us and Krispy Kreme. And so um it it just feels so nice and beautiful to be part of our community and and you know, people can go out. I people standing in line that night would go over and get drinks at the other bars and I, I was so happy to see us bringing money to our community to our little neighborhood and so anyway I'm, I'm i'm i really 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 love our new location yeah it's a great location i remember back i want to say it was like 1989 uh or 1990 um i was having a conversation with mark jackson who owns brushstrokes right across the street from you from your mm -hmm. new location and at the time, he was located in a little alley over on, um, um, was it Highland Avenue? I think it was Highland yeah. Avenue. Yes, yes. And and he, I, I did a lot of advertising work with him. I was publishing a local gay magazine. And he asked me, he said, we have an opportunity to move over to Ansley, uh, to Ansley Square. Should we do it? And I said, absolutely, you should do it. I said, there's already at that time it had a, uh gay mexican restaurant san jose was over there um it was a popular place for the gay community and i said um i said it might cut some money out of my pocket because you won't need to do as much advertising you'd be right across from burkhardt's you'll have a natural flow of traffic and so so he moved his store to um to that plaza mm -hmm. and about six months later he said Art, I hate you. And I said, why? He said, because we don't, we're not making the money that we were making on Highland. And I said, well, it's going to take a little time for your people that used to stumble by there to know you've moved. About six months later, he said, I can't believe this. We're doing double what we used to do. Business is booming. And he is still there 30 plus years later. So that's awesome. a testament to that, that plaza. And it's, it's, um, gay history over the decades yeah i i think it's um you know i, I remember um the couple of times i visited dallas you know they have a row of of the bars and the businesses and you can walk everywhere and i remember telling my partner at the time you know, i really love this i said you know you don't have to have your car you can just walk and so i know i mean you've got you know you have mix and felix's and oscars and you around the corner and, and ansley mall you have um, the hideaway. So you have uh, all of the, I mean, just, it's just great. I mean, and I'm, I'm hoping that um, the community as a whole can see what I'm trying to do. And what's so wonderful and so special to me is, is um, Jay and Arthur with HV Entertainment. They literally 100%, I, I, you know, I told them what my vision was and every single thing that I wanted done is being done. And so, phase two is about to start we're going to have our dance floor i hope by the first of the year and um we have a dance we have a temporary dance floor right now but as if you are watching this and you 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 um see you remember the old burkharts or midtown moon the big hole in the you know in the center of the room when you go in that's going to be the new atlanta eagle dance floor so i'm i'm looking forward the architects and engineers are working on it as we speak and 
I'm hoping by the first of the year we're we're going to be ready for our grand opening and everybody can come and have a good time. So there's going to be no more upside down Christmas tree that Burkhart's was known for for decades because there's not going to be a hole in the ceiling to put it in. But lots of cool new stuff. So one thing that I noticed that was really cool and I'd never seen anywhere before, I don't know if it exists anywhere, is you have a huge disco ball hanging from the ceiling that is actually wearing a red leather harness. Red harness. Yes, yes. Isn't it great? I love it, love it. We we have to thank Barking Leathers for that. We came up with the idea. We tossed it over to him. In about 30 minutes, he had the ball walking out the front door with it. And the next day, it came back with a harness. So we... <laughs> That is so cool. I mean, that's just one of the many things that you've done there that are just, if people take the time to notice, it's like, wow. Well, that will be hanging in the upstairs bar once we get the dance floor. We It will stay there, I hope, forever. And um, the upstairs bar has a very high ceiling. It's almost like a loft-type ceiling. Right. And that's that's where it will be hanging. That will be its new home once we get it all, all finished. Now, I also noticed while I was there during Pride Weekend, that the crowd was very diverse. There were a lot of what you would consider the traditional Levi leather motorcycle crowd. There was a lot of that there. There was some of the latex crowd. There was, you know, definitely pups there. Uh, quite a few more than I've usually seen in one place at, at one time. Um, and there were, I think I saw um, Ursa Polari, one of the sisters of Perpetual Indulgence there, Art Davenport. Um, all kinds of different people in that, in that bar. And then out, you know, out on the patio, of course, there were even more people, but it really looked like they were embracing the concept of, you know, diversity that you're kind of bringing to the new space. Have you started to develop much of a female crowd yet, or is it still predominantly a male bar? You know, the Eagle for many years has always, you know, had a woman presence. Now, I know probably not as much as we're going to have it in, in this location, but we, like you said, um, I forgot who recently said something. Um, they were walking through the bar and came back and they said, oh my God, I've never seen such a diverse crowd. And I'm like, you know, this is what my vision is. This is what I want, you know. And one of the things, like I said, the, the word for the Atlanta Eagle and will always be is respect. If we all can come together and respect one another, whether it be a drag queen or a leather man or a pup or whatever, you know, this, the, the story of me and the Atlanta Eagle art, I'll tell you, the very first time, I'm a big boy, the people that can't, don't know me, and I always have been, I, I, I went home on whole milk straight from the refrigerator, I don't know why mama did that to me, but anyway, the very first time ever in my life as a gay male, well, as a person, you know, I was on the dance floor at the Atlanta Eagle as a customer and someone took my shirt off and I was like mortified. Oh, I don't take my shirt off in public. And, you know, I had people dancing around me and touching me and embracing me and thinking I'm cute. And, you know, that that night was a very big turnaround for me in my life. You know, it was the beginning of the bear movement. It was the beginning of me, you know, you know, because you know, I mean, you couldn't go to many gay bars as a big boy without being gawked at or or being, you know, made fun of or, you know, I'll, it just happens. And, and unfortunately, it does. And so it was a really, really special night for me that I'll never forget. And it all happened at the Atlanta Eagle. And that's why, I'm, you know, years later when they said they were closing my bar, I'm like, uh, no, you can't close my bar. We, we're going to have to do something. So, um, I, and here I am 25 years later, you know, being able to say that I have personally, you know, ran the Atlanta Eagle for 25 years. I'm a proud owner. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm proud of our community. And as I tell my customers every day, every time I see somebody, we are nothing, nothing without them. We're just a bunch of doors and windows. And so, and I've told my told my guys this, and I, I tell them all the time when I speak. I said, as long as you want an Atlanta Eagle, and I'm alive, I'm going to say that you have one. But you know, you you're going to want to, you know, you got to want it, and you and there needs to be a, a need for it. And so, um, it's very important for me to. That's why it was so important for me to to find someone 
as I get older to help me make sure it stays alive. So, uh, I'm, I'm just, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so happy. <laughs> just, I'm so happy. And Atlanta is so happy because you have brought them back something that is one of the longest running gay bars in the Southeast. And it's bigger, better, stronger than ever. And I'm sure you're going to be there another 20, 30, 40 years operating. You, you may not be around at that point. I won't be around at that point, but the Eagle will live on. Well, I hope they find, find a good picture of me and throw it on the wall so people can talk about me. But, um, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, um, definitely, uh, is, is my, is a, a passion of mine. Um, uh, a lot of people know that my other passion is the flower business. I've, I've had my flower cottage in East Point for 33 years and I love, I love that. But, you know, um, the eagle is, um, when, when I was sitting there that night, that Saturday night and telling that manager I would just buy it, um, I, I'm, I'm so glad that I did. Um, I'm so glad that I didn't chicken out and that I, I found the the means and ways to do it, and um, I thought the bank would just lo- loan me some money, but I found out real quick they don't loan money on bars and nightclubs, so <laughs> I had to find it elsewhere. But um, I did it, and and I I'm so proud, you know, 25 years later to say that um, the Eagles back, bigger, better than ever, and Atlanta, you know, Atlanta has a home for 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 all of us and a safe place for all of us to come and be you just whatever that be is just come and be yourself not be judged not be gawked at not be looked at just where you can come and have a great time and and you know enjoy yourself and that's so important to me and i'm so happy thank you so much for everything you've done for the atlanta gay community and thank you for taking the time to tell us about your bar and about your history in Atlanta. Well, thank you. And thank you, Atlanta, and everybody that comes from all over the world to the Atlanta Eagle. Um, we, we're very, very, very grateful for y'all. And we, once again, without y'all, we're nothing. So keep coming to see us and, and supporting us. And we'll always give you a fun place to hang. And stay tuned for our, our grand opening in the first of the year. That concludes another episode of the Gay Archive Show. For more information about this episode, or to find more episodes, visit GabeArchives.com.